Hello, and welcome to another edition of Ed Choice Chats. I'm your host, Jennifer Wagner, our Vice President of Communications here at Ed Choice. And I'm joined today by Leslie Heiner, our Vice President of Programs. And we're going to talk a little bit today about political grassroots coalition building and how it can be helpful to our movement and to passing school choice programs. So thank you for joining us today, Leslie. Thank you. And before we get started, it is worth noting that we are a uh, nonprofit. We are nonpartisan here at EdChoice, but we come from a lot of different backgrounds. And Leslie, you and I are a great example of that. Um, I spent six years as the spokesperson for the state Democratic Party here in Indiana. And uh, talk a little bit about your background. Yes, yeah, so before uh, joining EdChoice here, I was chief staff to the Speaker of the House in Indiana, the Indiana House of Representatives. And I had also, uh, some years prior, been counsel to the state Senate. Uh, so I had a political life before joining here at EdChoice. And what I find so interesting, to your point, is that we were on opposite sides of just about everything prior to now when we're working together. And for me, anytime you said something in the press about anything that we were doing at the house or, well, the house in particular, I had to read it as quickly as possible because I knew it was going to be tough. It's going to be hard hitting and there was going to be parts in there that mm, were probably accurate. Uh, but now we're working together on the same issue and it's just fantastic. And it is fantastic. And it's, it's the nice thing about issue advocacy is that you can all get together and come from different backgrounds and really truly believe in what you're fighting for in this case, K-12 educational choice, which, to be perfectly honest, right now in this environment, feels like we're at a little bit of a political crossroads. There are a lot of folks within our movement, outside of our movement, who are, uh, you know, our CEO, Robert Enlow, said in a, in a recent podcast, maybe putting politics ahead of the kids. And so I would love to hear, as we're in this environment, some examples from you of times when it's worked right when everybody has come together, like we do here every day at EdChoice, to do the right thing for kids and families? Uh, I'd love to share uh, my favorite example, uh, because this happened just shortly after I joined EdChoice. So I first joined here in June of 2008, and I think it was later that summer that I went out to New Jersey. And in New Jersey, I had heard that they had this incredibly diverse coalition of people who would come together and, well, so I kind of listened to that with one ear, not the other, thinking it sounded like it was kind of a gross exaggeration because the people that they talked about were so incredibly different. I couldn't really see them coming together even in the same room, let alone agreeing on anything. But lo and behold, this coalition was for real. You had, for example, people who were hardcore right-to-work people and also hardcore union people who were really liked each other when they started talking about school choice. And then the most incredible thing happened. I learned that there was a Republican legislator uh, who was a leader in the caucus who was chief advocate for school choice in New Jersey and a Democrat legislator, key leader in his caucus, who was the other co-champion of school choice in New Jersey. And they couldn't have been more aligned. They were absolutely 100% aligned. But then after they spoke, 
then people relax a little bit and and we're just talking informally and I was sitting with them and then a couple other people came over who I learned later were lobbyists in New Jersey and at some point during the conversation one of them said so uh, what do you think the position of the legislature is going to be on this labor issue this next session and instantly and I do mean instantly both of those legislator champions jumped to their feet, looked at each other and said, we'll talk later, and then went literally in opposite directions. So they knew that they didn't agree on anything except the rights of parents and families to be able to access the education that's right for their own children and that that should come to New Jersey. They agreed on that 100%, but on every other issue they disagreed. And so for them, it was so important to them. They valued this educational freedom so much that they absolutely refused to allow anything, any of their other issues or their other work to come between them. That was a very important lesson. Well, that's an excellent story. And I think we've had a lot of discussion recently, and I, I, I don't want to make you talk about a negative situation, but we've talked a lot about Nevada recently. That was something that our folks here at EdChoice spent two and a half years working on. You were out there. And we've uh, described that failure in Nevada. We had a great program that passed, but the failure to fund it for the 10,000 Nevada families who were on the wait list for an education savings account, we've described that as a bipartisan failure. Can you talk a little bit about how that happened and how that kind of a situation happens when what happened in New Jersey doesn't actually play out? Well, yes, you had to bring up a painful topic. Uh, in Nevada, is painful to talk about because there are over 10,000 families in Nevada who, who believed, wholeheartedly believed, that their legislators would step up and fund that very excellent education savings account program in Nevada. So at the end of the day, when they didn't do that, it was those families who were the most surprised and the most disappointed and left struggling to figure out what to do next. So yes, it's a very painful topic. But uh, like most painful topics, there's a lesson uh, to be learned there. And the lesson from Nevada, I think, is simply this, that you should never assume that a political party or a, or a group will all agree with you. Even if a group takes a position on an issue and says, yes, I'm part of this group and this is, this is an issue we support, doesn't mean that every person in that group will actually act on that appropriately and support the group's position. And essentially that's what happened in, in Nevada where we had uh, Republican support, but there were just a couple uh, whose support went away for no good reason as far as I could see, but it did, uh, and that was unfortunate. It was also unfortunate that um, we didn't have uh, Democrat legislators who we knew were supportive of this. Uh, we didn't have them step up. I think part of that, though, is an issue regarding leadership 
It's very important in state legislative bodies that the leaders stand up to do the right thing, and then their caucus members then can be part of that. Uh, but that just didn't happen in Nevada. So the lesson from that is uh, don't ever assume too much. It's very important to speak to individuals as individuals, not just as representative groups. Well, and I think that brings up a really interesting point. We were actually talking earlier today about coalition building um, for another project we're working on here. And you had mentioned the importance of listening to people and where they come uh, to this issue or quite honestly to any issue from. For example, I probably, well, I know that I come at this issue from a different vantage point than you do or others in our office do, but we're all here together. And can you talk a little bit about not just how you listen, but then how you use what you hear to build that coalition so that it doesn't fracture in the final days when it really matters? Um, I like to tell people, and I do, I say this a lot, that the most important thing that anyone can do who is working in the school choice um, movement is to always, and I mean 100% of the time, keep in the very front of your mind that child who desperately needs help. You keep these children right at the front of everything that you're doing, and then you won't go wrong. Now, that's it, not as easy as it sounds. I made it sound maybe easy at this point. But in the heat of battle, when, when people are starting to fray around the edges or people are just tired or maybe some of the differences between people start to come up, um, again, I think for every action, the question should be, the action that I'm about to take, does this advance the opportunity for any child to get the education that that child needs? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, then you move forward. If the answer is no, then back off. And I think with coalitions or with just anyone who's working on this issue, it's important that we each be very honest with ourselves for each action that we're taking. Just because it feels good to us or may promote us or whatever, uh, that doesn't mean that it's going to be good toward advancing that opportunity for any child. And that's the only reason why anyone should be involved in advancing school choice, and that is for the benefit of these children who so desperately need this help. And so as we move forward, um, taking that as our core mission, um, how do we replicate the successes that we've seen in places uh, like Indiana, um, in Arizona, in other states where we've seen success, but also in places like, quite frankly, New Jersey or Minnesota, or states that might not on their surface seem open to educational choice programs because of the political dynamic, how do we take our successes and grow them from here? Well, that's the million dollar question. Uh, that's the hardest question there is, I think. Uh, the first is to recognize that um, each community within these various states, uh, we're all just a little bit different. So it's possible that what what might be really great for Minnesota might not be so great for Indiana. What might be a great program for West Virginia may not work so well in Colorado. So the first thing is to recognize that it's really important to pay attention to the communities. 
and how people feel about education and 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 what it is that people will be willing to really work and support. I, I also think that it's important to, as you said, we want to take our successes across the country to other states to help other people. But it's not just the successes. I think we should also take our failures with us because embedded in those failures, there are the stories, uh, much like a couple that I'm telling here today, that are really important for people to recognize that there's not one clear path toward achieving educational choice. Um, I don't think there's a path at all, actually. This is more like a, a life journey and a mission. And of course, as we all know, long life's journey, um, things can change along the way, people change, our attitudes change, and that's all okay as long as people are willing to have faith in each other and to trust each other and to not break that faith with each other as we travel along this journey that sometimes will be really great and other times maybe rocky. Whatever comes our way, again, put those children and their needs right in front of us all the time, and that vision can overcome um, any of the rough spots along the way. And that's definitely a lesson that I've learned uh, in the last year and a half being here. And, and I've learned from you. I've learned that, you know, we're both lawyers by training, which I think maybe makes us a little more likely uh, to be able to fight in, in battle and then go out and have a, have a glass of wine afterward. <laughs> um, but I think there's something to be said for laying down your weapons and realizing that there is something greater than just fighting each other for the sake of partisanship uh, and not making assumptions about each other uh, that, you know, so-and-so must believe this because he or she has a D or an R or an I or an L after his or her name. Um, and so right. I think I wish everyone could experience the Ed Choice experience of all coming together for, for this greater mission. Um, and I know I'm grateful now to be in the trenches with you instead of on the opposite side, firing at each other, Leslie. Um, is, is there anything else you want to add as we, uh, as we wrap up this podcast? Yeah, I'm really glad we're on the same side. That's for sure. It's much better together. And there's no friendly fire. We're, we're, just, we're just over here fighting the good fight. That's, that's true. I, I would say this, that one of the quickest ways for people to come together or to find out if they can come together is first to have just a friendly one-on-one -on -one conversation. Invite somebody you don't know or you think who is against you to just sit down, have a cup of coffee, and, and talk about things. Because here's a little phenomenon that gets repeated all the time. When two people who think that they are on opposing sides of this issue, when they do sit down and have that cup of coffee, then if they start talking about, well, this is how I see it, or this is how I define the issue, or this is what I'm thinking about, oftentimes it will happen that, that the person on the other side will say, oh, well, I didn't know that's what you really meant. Uh, sometimes the definition of terms can be really skewed. It gets skewed in the press. It gets skewed by rumor gets skewed by political campaigns, but when people are talking directly to each other and clearly defining exactly what they're talking about, then this is where the coming together happens 
and it can overcome all of the noise of our lives and really make a difference. And on that note, uh, I, I want to thank you for joining us today and, and sharing your experience uh, as you've been a part of this mission to expand educational choice at the state level. Um, thank you for everything that you've done on behalf of kids. And uh, we'll uh, tune in the next time for our next edition of EdChoice Chats. And thank you all for joining us today. Thank <laughs> you.